Hello and welcome to the second episode of Too Long Didn't Play podcast where uh, myself, Ben Brady, and my friend and colleague Satish talk about a couple of games. Um, one that is something that we feel is great, a little short game that if you like us and slightly in the I want to say adult spectrum because we're both very childish, but uh, the the older <laughs> spectrum where you have work and home commitments, you can't always play the these hundreds of hours RPGs. Um, and then the other thing that we'll talk about is something that it either felt long, so it, it could be short, but just felt way too long for what it needed to be, or something that is just flat out too long. Um, so these are things that maybe if you're in a similar position to us, you you might want to avoid or at least think twice before trying. It, that said, it's sometimes um, I don't know about you, teach, but. I'll quite happily give up halfway through a long game, feeling like I've got my yeah. money's worth out of it. So, yeah, in the first episode, we talked about Hollow Knight. I loved it. I put about 30 hours into it. I, I said it was yeah. my too long didn't play, but I, I wouldn't ever say do not play it. Um, so, yeah, I think with that, we're, we're just going to start off each episode as well with a little bit of news from the past couple of weeks. And Satish, as an Xbox gamer, you must have been very excited to see the Series X uh game reveals that happened earlier in the week <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> kind, kind of is that what you you weren't impressed or, or did you actually uh, not watch them i think uh, i did watch it and uh, i was not disappointed there's a lot of backlash on it i can see from the comments a lot mm. of controversy going on that microsoft did actually delete some comments and dislikes mm. and because I, yeah i think uh, as usual the microsoft is really good at screwing up expectations i think they played they kind of gave an impression to the fans like it's going to be gameplay trailers. Mm. It looks cool, but they could have actually told it like mm. just kind of a reveal of what games are coming soon on Xbox One S. Yeah. Instead of saying gameplay, it's actually not gameplay. It's obviously most of them are actually, you know, cinematics. Yeah, they had a, a bit of rendered footage, didn't they, for a couple of games mixed yeah. in. Because um, I, I watched the Digital Foundry catch up on it i didn't actually watch the live thing myself um but they were saying right from the start you know that they were very disappointed like they've been really keen on the series x so i don't don't know if you follow digital foundry at all they um they do a lot of like spec analysis and testing okay uh so that you know they really get into the the technical details behind games and how they're performing that kind of thing so they were getting excited to see maybe how like the ray tracing and stuff like that would work in in real time and yeah, that you could just tell right from the start of their review, they were very disappointed. So as soon as I heard that, I was kind of glad I didn't watch it live. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was also a little disappointed myself because I, as as someone that was a, an Xbox then a 360 gamer, and then this generation so far, I've I've avoided the Xbox One, um, but not not deliberately avoided, but just not really seen any reason for me to buy one. Um, the Series yeah. X. As, as I keep saying, looks like it, it could be the thing that gets me back on the Xbox bandwagon. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of disappointed to hear that. And you saying it just now as well is just yeah. reaffirmed. It's like, uh, right, I won't bother going and watching it, then I'll, uh, I'll hang on a bit. Yeah, actually, it might be still interesting because some of the games do look like really like have some potential. Mm. Though I won't see like, okay, it actually justifies like, oh, you definitely need Xbox One X series to play them. Yeah, but from the game's point of view, they do look some are really interesting. A couple of games caught my attention, like one game called Medium, yeah, which I, has I a Silent Hill vibes. Mm. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm gonna. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't tell you I was gonna talk about it, but yeah, um, th- that that was the one that really stuck out to me because I, I love horror games uh, as yeah, we'll soon find out. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I, I I was blown away by 
just the if they manage to pull that off in real time, the way that the the normal world disintegrates into the the other world, all that kind mm-hmm. of thing, and then of course the uh, the music by Akira Yamaoka as well coming on board. Yes. So straight away, I mean that that for me would probably be a, a pre order, a day one buy if, if I do end up going down the Series X route. Um, although oh. that, that said, I've been disappointed before, so. Yeah, maybe, I would maybe. always wait. I'm a big fan of Xbox, but I don't think I will. All, I will end up buying the Xbox One X on the yeah. release. I will always wait for it. So because I, Microsoft has the tendency of you know delivering things a little bit later. Whatever yeah, yeah. they promised, not on the first go. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. So, um, are you a fan of horror games, Satish? Uh, I won't call myself a horror, but sometimes it all depends on the mood. Sometimes I might actually end up playing. Uh, yeah. I think the last time me and my friend, because my friend, she is a big fan of Alien series. Okay. So she came to my place and we both are, I was actually, you know, just bragging about Xbox One X and I was showing all the games mm-hmm. on Game Pass, but she wouldn't play anything except for Aliens Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Which I wouldn't actually play by myself. Then I was actually like blown away, like how intense and how atmospheric the game is. It yeah. gave me chills, and I'm not the person who will get scared really quickly. It takes a lot for me to get scared. It's, uh, it's one I've got on my playlist actually. I, I bought it ages ago, like months ago, before Christmas now, um, and I just mm-hmm. haven't been in the mood to play. You know, sometimes you think oh, I really need to kind of get in the mood, but I, actually, I think I might give that one a go this week. Um, I think, yeah, it also depends on the mood because right now we may not be in a situation where we can play horror games. Maybe yeah. you will tomorrow, but not today. Yeah, especially something called isolation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought the medium looked absolutely fantastic. The Akira Yamaoka coming on board to do the music. Um, that that was just like really intriguing for me. Uh, I'm a big fan of the earlier Silent Hill series. I, I do fall into that category the obvious category of people that really enjoyed one and two and then mm-hmm. after three it kind of started going a bit downhill for me but i, I still think they're pretty good games um when pt came out the uh, the playable teaser whatever you want to call it uh with okay. um oh crikey i've forgotten his name the guy who does metal, Go- metal gear solid i can't even talk properly today uh metal gear solid hideo kojima yeah. Um, you know, and he was getting. I can't pronounce with... the name. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, you know, he was going to get on board with a couple of really key people and in storytelling and horror, and everyone was getting all excited about the Silent Hills, and then that essentially turned into Death Stranding. Um, yeah. And I, I have absolutely zero interest in playing Death Stranding. After seeing how that all kind of unraveled, and then hearing people talk about it when it eventually came out, I thought, no. Nah. That that just sounds like one massive snooze fest to me. Um, <laughs> I could be wrong, and apologies out there if you enjoy it. You know, different. It's not my game either. Folks. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the the other thing that I saw this week, um, and it, it wasn't necessarily something that's been announced this week, but it's just the first time it's caught my attention was another horror game uh, called The Maiden of Scare. Okay. And the reason that this one caught my attention, I'm just going to cheat a little bit because I've got a tab open on my computer here. Um, <laughs> it's actually developed by a company called Wells Interactive. Um, and the it's a, a horror game. It's a first-person-based horror game. And, and there's loads of these kind of first-person-based horror games coming out. Um, and w- one of the things that kind of tenuously links these together, so... Uh, the medium is created by the people who made one called Layers of Fear. 
I don't know oh, if yeah? you played that at all. So Laser Fear, a really good example of a nice short horror game there if you want something to oh, okay. uh, to grab your attention. Uh, but they've decided to go into the the third person and like the old Silent Hill. So mid, mid of Scare uh, spell. Yeah, I think they also made the game Blade Rich recently last year. Yes, yes, they did. Okay. Yeah, and um, The Outsider was another one of theirs as well. Don't know if you played oh, that. Oh, okay. Nope. So yeah, they've got a, a good heritage of kind of on the better side of okay to decent horror games. Um, but so Made of Scare, though, that, that's actually made by, uh, say, Wales Interactive. Uh, but it's based in Wales, and it's based on Welsh folklore. Um, okay. <laughs> and after, after seeing the trailer, and I, I kind of read up this thing, I thought, oh, that sounds really intriguing. I'll, I'll watch the trailer. And it, it looks fantastic. So first-person-based horror. Um, but it, it's unusual. I, I don't know if you've come across it much since you moved to the UK, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, Wales is often playing second fiddle to... Suffolk for you know ghost stories or anywhere in England ghost stories Scotland yeah. and Wales and all that kind of just get left behind um so they're catching up so that so they're catching up um <laughs> but yeah they, they, they do have a lot of fantastic folklore down in Wales and uh just the idea of a, a traditional Welsh ghost story being made into a game but the effort that have put into things like the soundtrack and getting professional artists to record uh like you know Welsh language lullabies and things that are associated mm-hmm. with these uh, scary stories. It's like, I don't know, I, I had a look into it. There's not a massive amount of detail on there on the website, uh, but it is coming to PS4, Switch, Xbox One and PC. So hopefully, um, yeah, that'll be something worth looking out for and a, a decent horror game to sink our teeth into that also promotes the fantastic country that is Wales. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, so... Any other news from this week, or do we segue into our choices? Yeah, we can go ahead and do the choices. Okay, great. So, um, unless you have a particular dying desire to go first, because uh, of these horror stories that um, mm-hmm. that I've come across this week, I thought I'm going to revisit a couple of my favourite games for long and short, and they are Project Zero and Project Zero 5. So... They're known as Fatal Frame in mm-hmm. the US. Um, I don't know if you've ever come across them. No. Nope. Project Zero. Okay, so Project Zero came out on the PlayStation 2. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think exactly when it actually came out now. So let me just have a quick look. So yeah, uh, PS2, it came out in 2002 in Europe. So back when I was at uni. A uh, good friend of mine, Clifford, we, we often play horror games together because he won't play them on his own. Um, since, since YouTube came around, he'll watch a lot of Let's Plays and stuff, but it used to be a case of if there was something that intrigued us, we'd split the cost and then play it through together and I would control it because he, he was just absolutely <laughs> terrified of jump scares and stuff. Um, and so we saw this one, it was called Project Zero, and essentially what you do is you go around in third person so at the time Resident Evil um, let's see Code Veronica would have been coming out and Silent Hill 2 and all of those sort of things so lots of horror genre games at the time Um, it's produced by Tecmo so the people that do the Dead or Alive series the the fighting game series but um, the only similarity is in the kind of character model faces it doesn't have all the controversy that comes with Dead or Alive and costumes and that kind of thing um, but you, you find yourself in a haunted house, you play as a girl, you're looking for your brother who's disappeared and you find an old camera 
and straight away to me, as, as you know, I'm a, a photographer, I'm kind of into media in general. And so I was like, oh, this looks interesting. And as you go through the house, you end up using this old spirit camera to take photos of ghosts. Um, so when you go into the camera, you go into a first person mode and it's based on traditional Japanese uh, yokai and ghosts and things like that. So th there's a lot of intriguing backstory to a lot of the ghosts if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, the pacing is absolutely fantastic and the the sound, everything for the time, the PS2, even the graphics, um, you know, were kind of just so well implemented uh, like, like many of the horror games back then. Uh, and it just had this incredible atmosphere and every time you found a note from somebody or something that had happened in the house it would reflect back to these ancient rituals that had taken place to stop calamities happening so there was this real air of historical folklore to it cool. um, and yeah so it's a fantastic game scary as hell to play um, it already sounds very spooky to hear but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it seems like a very atmospheric game to me it, 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 yeah it's a fantastic game loads of ghosts loads of variation that kind of thing uh, really well paced and it comes in so we've been using how long to beat um, just to kind of get a, a gauge of around 10 to 15 hours maybe being a short game so okay. something that we can play in a weekend you know if, if you've got nothing else to do that, that to me seems like a, a good session um, Sounds cool. Yeah, and uh, so it's coming in at just under 10 hours for main plus extras on average on there. Um, what I'm going to choose as my game that's too long, though, is yep. <laughs> Project Zero 5. So what's happened over the years, uh, you had 1, 2, and 3, and they yep. were all PS2 games, and each one continued the narrative and got deeper, so there was more history lots more stuff uh, sorry actually that's that's completely wrong one and three tie mm -hmm. together and um complete one narrative but have lots of different historical links and number two uh, actually came out on the wii as well in the uk um just after nintendo bought all the publishing rights and stuff so if you've got an old wii and want to play it uh, have a go on that um so okay. that, that was a separate story that was set slightly more back in time um with a pair of twins that were kind of linked to a sacrifice themselves that involved twins specifically. Uh, that yep. was the Crimson Butterfly. So you then got number four. Now, number four was only released in Japan. Okay. And the reason for that, um, the different people will give you lots of different reasons, but you could actually buy the Japanese version and there was a, a fan community on the internet that created a... A subtitle patch that you could download onto an SD card, put that in your Wii and play through the game. So uh, me and my friend Clifford, we, we managed to get hold of a copy of number four from Japan and we got the patch and everything and it worked really well. So again, if anyone's into horror games, if you like the first three, thoroughly recommend you, you go and check that out. Um, but it is absolutely buggy as hell it's you know you're kind of falling through floors and save game crashes all this kind of thing so it's really well documented um and, it, and it's a shame you sure it's, you sure it's not Bethesda it's not what sorry <laughs> you sure it's not from the Bethesda game publishers developers like the Skyrim and no 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 as no, you no, mentioned no. it's very buggy sorry no no not Bethesda, um, but it, yeah, similar kind of levels of, of bugginess. So the, the real reason it never got released outside Japan, I think, is because, um, yeah, it was just far too buggy and to fix it and then subtitle and everything would have been a mess. So that brings us on to Project Zero Five. 
which is the Maiden of Blackwater. Okay. And uh, yeah, they all have subtitles that are related to the the main story going on in the background. And that was released on the Wii U. And it was released in the UK physically and on the eShop. And it was released in the US on the eShop as Fatal Frame 5. Um, And got really, really excited about it. I thought, oh, great, you know, it's it's proper release again. It looks really, really nice. The Wii U is a fantastic machine for just kind of taking the the Wii into that HD era. And because the character models and everything uh, looked really good in the PS2 days, it didn't really matter about graphical leaps and stuff like that. Um, and of course, on the Wii U, you had the the camera in the controller as as a touchscreen. You so you and that had all the uh, rotation axis and everything in it. So instead of just using analog sticks to create camera movement, you could actually hold the pad up and use that as a camera, which in theory sounds amazing. Yeah. In practice, is just an absolute pain in the <laughs> ass. Um, yeah, tell me more about it because I used to have Kinect at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like jumping out of the window. Yeah, so the amount of time someone like, oh, yeah, this would be really, really good. You're going to be able to do all these things. And it's like, yeah, I just want to sit on my couch and control it with my thumbs. Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, uh, it came out and it started off really good. There's a lot of really nice mechanics in it. You have a section in between the regular levels, if you like, where you're in a house and that's above a shop. And there's an element of using the security footage and security cameras that are based around the house to see the ghosts as they start leaking into your living space where they shouldn't be. You know, that's supposed to be a safe space. Um, and it, it started off really good. First couple of us like, yeah, this is brilliant, getting really into this. And then something about it, it just started feeling a bit long in running up and down the cliff. And you, <laughs> you end up going to this mountain where there's a cliff. And instead of the story being gradually told through the levels it seems to have just taken on this really linear kind of here's a level there's some ghosts in it yeah go take photos of them um oh you're in a forest on a mountain there's a suicide victim who's now a ghost oh there's another suicide victim who's now good you know it was just the same yeah. thing over and over no, none of the kind of rich folklore and stuff that came with the other games and then the the crunch for me was and it I've I've seen this a few times and it's always the same. You get halfway through the game yep. and you think, oh, it's about to pick up on the story. And then you end up just revisiting the same level to do it over and over because it's like, oh yeah, you've got to go back to this area now to find this thing to negate the thing that you did the first time you did it. And basically the, the game is it's still only about 15 hours long. Yep. Um, but halfway through, you're just playing the game from the start again. Yeah, so you, but <laughs> that's with not very fun. A few more ghosts, yeah. So the, there's no different locations; they all just look like the same forest. Um, you come across avoiding spoilers, but there's a, a certain ghost which is like a one-hit kill near the end of the game. <laughs> now, this this is common through the the Project Zero series. As, as you get towards the end, there's always the big nasty calamity or whatever is going to be a one-hit kill, but it's always done in such a way that you just have to be careful in your navigation and running away from it and that rather than trying to take it on and that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, um, we we did a, a Let's Play. We we tried setting up a YouTube channel a few years ago and used this as one of our first games and it was going really well until we got to this one point in the game where I think it took us about four hours just to get through this one screen because the nature of the ghost on the one-hit kill 
and the the way that the hit ratio works around the character you you were controlling is I, I nearly threw the wheat out of the window and i mean that literally you know it's, it's just <laughs> absolutely crazy um so yeah that that's my too long didn't play i mean we did play it so i'm cheating a little bit there uh, but you because, did feel like uh, yeah I'd, you could the, have not played it or you kind of spent too much time on it yeah, there were a couple of times where I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm just done with this. And it, it's left a really sour taste in my mouth now. If they, if they do a Project Zero Six, I'll be interested to see what they do with it, but I'll be very, very sceptical of actually picking it up. Um, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, there you go. That's that's my two, <laughs> Project Zero, one and five. It's interesting. I like the way you actually bought two games from the same series. Yeah. It, <laughs> and, it's... you know, pit against each other. Yeah, I, I, I could have done the same actually thinking about it, um, you know, just talking about horror games and actually that repeating mechanic. So Silent Hill 4, The Room, I don't know mm-hmm. if you ever played that. Um, nope. So, so that was allegedly not intended to be a Silent Hill game. Maybe not allegedly, there might be some more solid evidence out there. Uh, but off the top <laughs> of my head, you know, it was kind of, it was a, its own horror game, but then they gave it the Silent Hill title to bring it into the series and get people on board with it. Yeah, um, just kind of branding it. And that, that's the same, yeah, you, you kind of keep going back to a hub after each level and then halfway through the game you, you're doing the same levels again but as an escort mission, it's, ah, no. <laughs> it, it could have been a, a really, really good game, but anywho. So, yeah, um, that that's me on Project Zero. Brilliant. What um, have you got for us? Right, I'm going to go with the small game. Mm-hmm. Which I would say, like, uh, I was actually checking, like, because in back in my memory, it felt like 10 to 12 hours game, but it could be at max 15 hours because okay. I played it quite long back. It's a game series, actually. It's a, I would say, game, but also it has its own series, Fable. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of it? Did you play it? I have heard of Fable. I could never get into it myself, actually. Um, yep, yeah. And- uh, this is one of the role-playing games. I love role-playing games. Mm-hmm. You know, the usual typical role-playing games where you kind of like wash up on a shore, nameless person, yeah. and you're the hero who's going to save the world. Out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Fable is one of those uh, series, especially the Fable one, is amazing. And it also has a uh, very nice British British sense of humor. Mm. And the characters and all, they're kind of like, it's a bit more colorful, even though it kind of looks a little bit childish when you compare it to the games like the Skyrim. Yeah, or even like uh, Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's got a bit more. I suppose it like that kind of Zelda vibe, hasn't it? It was it was an early Xbox game, wasn't it? Fable. Oh uh, yes, I think yeah, the early Xbox game. And yeah, I, I got the memories. Uh, I got the. Uh, I did mem- uh, remember this game recently because I was watching the gaming news, and it seems there there might be Fable Four in Underbox. Ah, okay. So you're getting excited now. Yeah, so I got excited. And I also remember like, oh yeah, I love Fable. Uh, and also I like the name of the Albion. The world in the Fable is called Albion. And for mm. me, Albion is one of the most beautiful words in English. Okay. The old name for England. Mm-hmm. You, you and... probably know more about history than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always intrigued by medieval England. So yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of like all those, you know, the taverns, bar tales kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, when I played, I had a blast. I really enjoyed the sense of humor. On the first look, it might actually even feel like, okay, this game, is it for 10-year-olds? Maybe it's not for me. But once you start playing, it has the cheeky sense of humor, which will also appeal to the adults at the mm. same time. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, sure, because the these are the times where I actually write the role-playing games, which they make you your playing role. You're actually, you know, playing the role, but also it's not a show to work. 
Mm-hmm. You're not actually spending too many hours because the game which I'm going to discuss next, the longest game which I never completed in the recent times, is also a role-playing game. Okay. So I would actually uh, uh, talk about it. It's I hope I won't hurt anyone with this. Assassin's <laughs> Creed Odyssey. <laughs> Right, okay. So, yeah, that is that is a curveball coming out then because uh, obviously a lot of people love it. But go on, why did you feel it was too long? I was super excited because when I saw the trailer, I loved it because uh, I love Greek mythology and stuff. And it is, it's like match made in heaven. It was set in... I'm not a big fan of Assassin's Creed series, uh, as mm-hmm. per se, because for me, Assassin's Creed always reminds me when I'm in game constantly mm. that it's not a game that I'm not living in you know, the fantasy world anymore, which is a kind of turn-off for me. Hmm. But I think with Assassin's Creed Origins, uh, Ubisoft has taken a slight different approach. It was not reminding the uh, players very constantly that it's not the game you're actually playing, which Mm -hmm. is cool. So when I saw the Odyssey trailer, I was blown away. And it is actually amazing. It looks gorgeous. Uh, The first 10 hours or something, I, I did actually enjoy but the more I play, I realized after about like 20 hours or maybe 25 hours of gameplay, I haven't even completed 20% of the game. And right. the map, maybe it's also because the map is a bit too huge and it didn't feel, especially the enemy, uh, the variety of enemy mm. didn't stand out. But maybe it's also because uh, the game tries to be a bit realistic when it comes to the historical point of view. It doesn't throw dragons and, you know. Yeah, yeah. But it does it's... have, yeah, it does have a little bit of fa- fantastical uh, uh, base at some point in the game, mm. but they're not like how you would expect to see in games like Skyrim or Dragon Age. They won't, you know, roam on the land. You yeah. have to go for them, and they're like uh, quite scattered. So it it felt for me like many, most of the hours I'm just battling people. Mm. You know, it's like in a fantasy game, I feel like seeing some kind of fan- fantastical element. And also it was like, uh, to me, it is one of those games where I felt it is quantity over quality. The quality is definitely yeah. there. I won't say it's not, there's no quality. It is there, but the quantity is so much overwhelming to a point mm. that I was not appreciating the quality. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I've only played Assassin's Creed Syndicate, actually. I've, I, I watched a lot of pl- people play the early ones, but yeah. I never um, just never picked it up so i thought by the time it got to the third or fourth in the series and everyone was talking about these this massive storyline and i was like okay i can't be bothered with that but assassin's creed syndicate came with my ps4 oh okay and um i thought oh yeah i've always looked forward to playing one of these and actually i've been told that from here you can kind of pick it up um, and yep. just get catch up on the storyline of them and i did I, same as what you're saying about uh odyssey it's kind of like I played it, probably put about 20 hours into it, had a really good fun time playing it. But mm-hmm. then it was just, again, the same mission over and over. It's like sneak exactly. up and kill this guy, walk behind the wall. To me, it felt like a grind. Yeah. Odyssey felt like a grind at some point uh, uh, because this whole, like, you know, assassination thing, tracking, it kind of implemented the Shadow of Murder kind of concept. Right, yeah. Where you have this nemesis concept, which is mm. cool at first, but after a while, to me, it felt like I'm playing a there are some kind of free-to-play kind of elements in it which felt like okay. that for me and also the map the way the ubisoft presented the map especially when you're looking at the map you know when mm. you open your map and see where i am it is sometimes by default it loads too much of info that mm. you kind of lost the whole purpose of looking at a map is to know where you are and you know your yeah. quest tracking and all it is too overwhelming with like 20 30 quests side quests some of them are like most of them are like side quests yeah it just open. pins all over the place 
Yeah, pins all over the place. It's, I think the way they managed it, it could have been a bit more, you know, visually mm. pleasing compared to other games they should have. Mm. I didn't have this problem when I was playing games like Skyrim or Dragon Age Inquisition. Sure, they're like massive games. Yeah. But somehow they, those games have the knack of actually making it a bit easy on your right. Yeah, yeah. It's all just down to that user interface, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes it it hits it for the masses, but maybe it's not for you. And other times it's maybe they just miss completely. Um, what, what do you think about uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla then? coming out this is why i'm not getting excited about it i did watch the trailer <laughs> it looks amazing mm. but again it's another assassin's creed game for me uh, uh as, as you said like it's not my kind of game i think uh, mm. assassin's creed odyssey and origins is uh, something which came close to it yeah because when i'm role playing the game i don't want to be told that hey uh, it's so cool that you're in medieval england by the way you're not actually in medieval england you're just wearing a vr headset yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, if I wanted to wear minutes. a VR headset, I'd have played a VR <laughs> game myself. And, uh... No, but the game kind of, you know, right, it kind of reminds you that you're actually going through the memories mm. of those period, but actually you're not actually the character you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry if it is a spoiler just... for you, Ben. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, uh, I've, I've watched the film. It's all good. Any subscribers we did have have now just completely dropped off. Um, it wasn't that bad if you watch it as someone who doesn't play games. I know lots of people who don't play games that actually really enjoyed the film. Oh, did um, they? Yeah, just, you know, oh, okay. pe- people who kind of watch it as a, a dumb action film. Right. So it's like, you know, turn your brain off, forget the storyline, the way that it so works. So it is quite, yeah, visually it's amazing. I think it looks good on screen, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Michael Fassbender, isn't it? And he's yep. he's a good actor. So, you know, a lot of people just kind of watch it and, eh, it's Michael Fassbender, I'll do. Um, great stuff. Okay, so, um, yeah, unless you've anything else you want to share with us this week, Satish? I can already suspect one of the games for the future. I'm mm-hmm. really sorry. Because <laughs> we have this Red Dead Redemption 2 on Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass. Oh, yeah, you started playing that, have you? I did start playing. It looks awesome. But will right. I complete it? That's the question. It looks yeah. <laughs> really big game. <laughs> so tune in next time to see if Satish actually gets anywhere in Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2. Just um, watch me whine about one of the greatest games of all time saying, so I didn't complete it. Yeah, I you know, I, I didn't even start it because um, I, I'm not a fan of Rockstar games. I think we talked about this last time, didn't we? I just, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Control methods, just, I, yeah, I, I don't have time for that. Um, I suppose may, maybe next time I'll talk about Animal Crossing uh, a bit more as well because <laughs> we haven't mentioned that at all. This week. I, I had a right winner on turnips this week uh, thanks to a friend out there who managed to get me 600 plus spells on turnips. Oh, so, yeah. oh it just shows that humanity does... Still yeah, exactly, yes. Tom Nook <laughs> did not come and kneecap me for my mortgage, as I was worried uh, on our team chat. So, excellent. Right, well, thank you very much if you're listening at this point for joining us this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. As always, feel free to reach out. You can find me, Ben, at benbrady.co.uk until we get a permanent home set up for the podcast. Uh, but feel free to shoot over your comments if there's any games that you think we should cover or if there's anything out there that you think would make a good subject that you thought was too long and therefore didn't play let us know so yep. thanks for your time Satish uh, we'll thanks you a lot again in a couple of weeks time bye see you mate bye